listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Um, Let me jump in today with the time that we have remaining. I do want to say this. I was praying and the Lord started to deal with me um, regarding this subject of saying a quick yes, as you saw in the title, the importance, the power of saying a quick yes. And we say, what do you mean by that? Well, when God speaks to you to do something for him, when he speaks to you about your life, when he gives you direction, it is so vital to say a quick yes to God. It's so vital to not just in your heart acknowledge that you'll do what he's saying, but to start to take action steps to say a quick yes to God, even with your actions. I'm going to get started right away in doing what the Lord is asking me to do. That's so, so important when the Lord begins to speak to you. And um, it made me laugh because we've, Carolyn and I have had people uh, tell us, man, it's like you guys get an idea from the Lord and, and you guys just like, um, you don't delay. You just like jump in. You guys like just jump in. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we feel the necessity of saying a quick yes to God, that if he's spoken to us to do something, we don't, why would we want to delay on that thing? We want to move at it with all of the tenacity, all of the excitement that goes along with receiving uh, that kind of a word from the Lord. And so I want to I talk to you from the word of God uh, today about the importance of saying a quick yes to God. Um, and I want to start with uh, the why. We always like to start with the why, if we can. You know, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to see the answer on this. Anybody else growing up, your parents told you to do something, and um, you're like, why do you want me to do that? And then you either got an answer like, you don't need to know why, or because I said so, or whatever. You know, raise a hand in the comments if you got those kinds of answers growing up. Um, you don't need to know why. Don't ask me why. Just because I said so. Um, and, and you know what I'm talking about. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we do obey because of their status of authority. We do obey because of who they are in our lives and because the Bible tells us to obey our parents in the Lord. But um, how much more power is there behind it when you understand the reasons for which you're doing something? There's so much more power behind it because now, uh, let, me, let me say it this way. Now, I'm not just obeying an instruction, but now I am learning a life principle about how to uh, guide my life, how to guide my life. Yes, I got an instruction, don't do that or do that. But once I know why I'm doing it or why I'm not doing it, it actually, you know what it does? It broadens my perspective and my ability to make proper choices. Because if I understand the principle, then the next time I'm presented with that opportunity or with that uh, choice, I have a reason 
to do or not do something. And what are you going to do when the person's not with you? What are you going to do as you grow up and the person's no longer there to give you just do a yes or do a no? When we understand the principle, then it starts to help us make choices uh, throughout our lives. Well, that's what the Word of God is for. The Word of God gives us all kinds of yeses and nos, but also will explain to us why, uh, and we can see it into the stories of other people's lives. They did this, and this is what happened. They did this, and here's why God blessed them. And that's what the Word of God is for. But on the other side of that, what about when God speaks to you, and it doesn't even make sense to your natural mind? What do you do then? Then you have to truly trust the Lord, the voice of God. And and I want to show you what I mean by that. Well, let's start by looking at two verses of scripture in Isaiah chapter 55, if you have your Bible. Isaiah chapter 55. And I want to read uh, verses 8 and 9, by the way, because I I want us to see something. When God speaks... His wisdom is infinite, whereas our wisdom is finite. It's limited. It comes to an end, right? His wisdom is infinite. There's no, there is no limit to what God knows about the past, present, or future. He's omniscient. So that makes what he says all the more divine. Always. And if we look at what he is saying um, about himself through the prophet Isaiah, it gives us the reasons. Look at this. Uh, Verses 8 and 9 of Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So notice this. And if if we actually go back to the beginning of that, that thought in verse six, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And my, as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So God's ways are so far beyond ours, his thoughts are so far beyond ours, that uh, when he gives us instructions... When he gives us guidance, which is one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit, when he gives us guidance, when he gives us instructions, we would be foolish to disobey them. But also, if you think about it, we would be foolish to delay in obeying them. We're not just foolish to disobey them. We're foolish to delay in obeying them. And... Uh, I've had you write this in the comments before, but it bears true again for this broadcast. Delayed obedience is the same as disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience because 
you are still in a period of time where you're not doing what the Lord told you to do. And so delayed obedience is disobedience. I want you to flip back with me to Psalm 119, the longest psalm that there is. Psalm 119. And um, I want to I read a couple of these verses to you. Um, actually, three. Let's start with Psalm 119 and verse 10. Listen to this one. It says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Let me not wander from your commandments. So there are people, by the way, that will go through seasons of their life where they're not even listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They get so caught up doing other things. They get out of that spiritual environment that they're not even listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit at all. And so look at the heart of the psalmist here. With my whole heart, I seek you. So there has to be a wholehearted seeking of God in order to receive instructions from God. We are going after his word. We're going after his guidance. I want, I'm diligently seeking his instructions. What does it look like to diligently seek his instructions? Fasting and prayer, being in his word on a daily basis, listening to uh, your pastor and receiving from your pastor. What does it look like? I'm trying to get information from the Lord. I'm not, I'm not disregarding it. I'm, no, I'm going after it. And that was the heart of the psalmist. Uh, I'm seeking you with my whole heart. Don't let me wander from your commandments. But now look at verse 32. He continues to speak. And the Bible says in the 32nd verse, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Look at that. I will run in the way of your commandments. I'm going to give you that verse from a couple different translations of the Bible. Listen to this in the um, New Living Translation. It says, I will pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. Listen to it again in the Net Bible. It says, I run along the path of your commands for you enable me to do so powerful for you enable me to do so. I love this. Put that word in the comments, run, run. I like the amplified. Listen to this. I will not merely walk, but run the way of your commandments. When you give me a heart that is willing. Yeah. Put that in the comments, run, run. It's powerful. So what is, what is the emphasis here in this verse? That I am quickly moving, <laughs> quickly moving to obey what you tell me to do. That's the heart of this psalmist here. As you can see already just with these two verses, I will quickly move toward what you're telling me to do. I'm not going to delay. I'm, when you say it, I'm running to do it. I'm running to do it. 
One other one, the 60th verse. The 60th verse of Psalm 119. Listen to this. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Listen to the New Living. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Again, the Net Bible. I keep your commands eagerly and without delay. It's powerful, man. The Amplified Bible says it this way in verse 60. I made haste and delayed not to keep your commands. So quickly moving towards obedience. Quickly. I am running to obey what you told me to do. And um, it made me think about this. I mean, we've had this said about us multiple times, but I started to think because obviously it does take faith to just quickly obey what God tells you to do. But remember this, there will be times where the Lord speaks to you to do something that doesn't make any sense to your natural mind. It just does not. I mean, I've been there multiple times and uh, we've told you stories about uh, our lives, Carolyn and I, of how the Lord spoke to us. It made no sense. You know, it made no sense whatsoever. I left Bible school and I knew I was called to evangelism and the Lord spoke to me to go and to be on staff as an associate pastor for eight years. And it made no sense to my normal mind. I couldn't understand, Lord, if you've called me to this, what's the purpose of this? And, but without delay, I obeyed that command and did what the Lord spoke to me to do. Well, of course, when you obey the instruction of the Holy Spirit, it's the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. And it was a wonderful decision because I was right where the Holy Spirit wanted me to be. And there was a time where the Lord was preparing me for where I would be later. And uh, I ended up from West Virginia to Virginia Beach, Virginia at Dominion Christian Center with Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, who's my uncle. I see Cynthia Norick, who she and I served on staff together for many years. And um, she understands. She said, praise God that he did. And I agree with Miss Cynthia that the Lord put me there for a very specific purpose. Not just to bless me, though he blessed me, because anytime you obey the instructions of the Holy Spirit, you will be abundantly blessed. It's impossible to say yes to God and stay at a low place. It is impossible to say yes to God and stay at a low place. Please put that in the comments today and get it deep in your spirit. It is impossible to say yes to God and stay at a low place. Why do I say that? Because when you say yes to God, you have to remember that promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord. And he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. 
And so the Lord brought me to Virginia Beach on purpose to not only bless me, but to equip me and to train me and to show me things that I did not know and did not understand. And one thing my father has always said my entire life, preparation time is never lost time. Never. You're building, you're growing, you're increasing, you're expanding during preparation time. And the Lord was equipping me. The Lord was not equipping me only, as I said, with the blessing, although that's one thing he did. But he was equipping me with revelation and knowledge. That's another thing. But he was also equipping me with talents and abilities. Remember this. Every place the Holy Spirit leads you, you're called to grow in that place. He brings you there for a purpose. You're called to grow in that place. And that's exactly what happened. Now, it made no sense to my natural mind when I heard that instruction from the Lord in February of 2003 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in a hotel room during Winter Bible Seminar with Brother Kenneth Hagin. And I was praying and I was fasting. And the Lord spoke to me clearly and told me what to do. And it didn't make sense because I was already out of Bible school for almost a year. I was already doing some evangelizing. I was already traveling, though not much, here and there. And uh, I, was, I was doing that. But the Lord said, no, now this is a move that I want you to make. Well, it didn't make sense to me at all. But I did it because I know that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts than my thoughts. So I made the move, did what the Lord spoke to me to do. Well, you look back at all of the wonderful things that happened because of my obedience to the Holy Spirit. And uh, it, it's just, it was phenomenal. But then, as you've heard the story, the Lord spoke to my wife and I to make another move to Florida. And, and, and let me tell you, more than the one to Virginia Beach, because at least I could see what the Lord was leading me to do. I knew that my uncle was launching a church in Virginia Beach. And um, the Lord spoke to me that I was to go there and to be a help to him and do whatever they needed me to do. So at least in that instance, I had some uh, understanding of why the Lord was sending me. Uh, now, I didn't understand why he was um, putting the evangelistic ministry on hold, though I knew I was called to be an evangelist since five years old. I didn't understand that part of it, but at least I understood why I was going to that location uh, in purpose. I was going there uh, to be a help as they launched the church in Virginia. So at least I understood that. But when we got the instruction in 2000 and at the end of 2015, uh, I believe it was, um, I had zero idea. Zero. Oh, that's so sweet. Miss Cynthia said, the members and our children have been blessed by you being here. I love you, Miss Cynthia. Um, I had zero idea why the Lord would speak to us to move to Florida. It made no sense to me because think about it. Um, after having left uh, being on staff at the church, I'm sorry, I'm OCD and there's a piece of hair on my desk that's bothering me greatly. And it can't be mine because I have no hair. Um, after after uh, 
the Lord spoke to us. Now, I had left being on staff at the church in January of 2010 and, and started the evangelistic ministry that I had first started. So from 2003 to 2010, I was on staff. But then from 2010, I began to travel and preach. And I'd been doing that now for six years. So I thought to myself, like, well, what, what in the world? Because if you're an evangelist, you can literally do that from anywhere in the country. Jump on a plane, you go to your meeting. You jump on a, in a car, you go to your meeting. And, and you don't have to be based in any particular place. So when the Lord gave me the instruction, as you know, I was driving from Pittsburgh to Rochester, New York. As, as the Lord gave me the instruction, um, I didn't understand it at all. It made no sense to my natural mind. But I knew that his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So when I got that, because it came out of the blue when praying in the Holy Ghost, I had made up my mind, I'm just going to pray in the Spirit from the time I leave Pittsburgh to the time I get to Rochester, New York. And I, I literally went after it, just like I wasn't going to do anything else, not listen to anything, um, no, no, no audiobooks, no preaching, no, no music, nothing, just pray in the Holy Ghost. And as I did it, that came to my spirit as an instruction almost immediately. I mean, like with 10 to 15 minutes into the praying, I heard the Holy Ghost and I called Carolyn because she wasn't with me. I called her right up. It was almost midnight. And I said, uh, this is what I feel. And now she's all like wound up. Like I, now I can't go to sleep. The Lord's telling you this, what? So we get this instruction, but we obeyed because we knew it was from the Lord. It didn't make sense to our minds. One of the biggest enemies of being led by the spirit is trying to analyze it with your natural mind. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you know my grandfather used to have a phrase for this? Because what happens is when people start to try to analyze what the Holy Spirit is telling them to do, a lot of times it won't make sense. Like, think about it. I could have analyzed that instruction from the Lord for days. It still would not have made sense. It still would not have made sense. I could have analyzed and analyzed and analyzed. It wouldn't have made any sense to me. And my, my uh, grandfather used to call that the paralysis of analysis. The paralysis of analysis. What does that mean? You analyze something for so long, it stops you in your tracks from actually doing anything. It's paralysis of analysis. And, and I'm telling you, uh, we try to overanalyze. And it doesn't mean we don't plan. It doesn't mean that we don't, uh, you know, get that vision from the Lord and create a strategy or he gives us a strategy or whatever. doesn't mean we're just flying from the seat of our pants. But it does mean that if he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to analyze my way out of. And Jess Burton is exactly right. You can talk yourself out of what the Lord has told you to do by analyzing it. Well, you know that now's not the time in the economy to do that. Now's not the right, you know, it's not the climate in our country to make that move right now. Well, I shouldn't start this business right now. It's not the time or whatever. You know, prices down there on, on, on properties are high. And, you know, I don't know if that now is really the time to make. But if the Lord told you, if the Lord told you, he'll do it. He will do it. 
He's the one that gave you the instruction, which means he carries the power to bring you through to completion. That's the power of being directed by God. So it doesn't always make sense to your mind, but it does not have to. It does not have to. And I can tell you that since we just obeyed uh, for the sake of obeying, there's been such abundant blessing that has hit us. I mean, I'm talking abundant blessing. I refuse to be shut down by the paralysis of analysis. I will not. I will not. I refuse to be shut down by the paralysis of analysis. I'm not going to do it. If the Lord speaks to me. Now, here's the thing. People say, well, how do I know? The, the sheep know his voice. You know the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says that you know him. You know the Holy. It says the world does not know him, but you know him. You know him. And that, that listen, that needs to be preached in our churches more than ever. I mean, no one is, forget backing away from the Holy Ghost. There's, there's churches that don't even teach on the Holy Spirit in any measure to the point where a recent author put out a, bo- a book called The Forgotten God and deals with the Holy Spirit, the forgotten God. Let me, let me read this to you. Um, John chapter 14, I'm starting with verse 15. Listen, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, verse uh, 17 whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So you see that that verse 17 is a game changer. That verse 17 is a game changer. The world doesn't know him cause they can't see him, right? They can't see him nor do they know him, but you know him. Hallelujah. Whoo. Hallelujah. You know him. So there's a difference between a good idea and the Holy ghost. Now the Holy ghost, what he tells you will always be a good idea. But remember this, it's like driving in that car. It's like, I didn't just come up with a good idea. That was John 14, 17, John 14, 17. I didn't just come up with a good idea, you know, because you know how I know it wasn't my own flesh. I, I didn't even have a, a reason as to why I would do that. If you come up with a good idea, right? If you come up with a good idea, you have reasons for coming up with that good idea. You know, if I do this, then this will happen. And if I do that, then I'll get this. And if I go here, then I'll do this. And I had no reasons. I had no reasons. It was just the Holy Spirit speaking, but I could feel the confirmation in my own spirit, my renewed spirit. You know, one of the things I try to tell people about being led by the Holy Ghost is that you need to be led by peace. Be led by peace. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you into turmoil. 
He leads you by peace. You know, if you've ever had multiple uh, options that you could make in your life, and you say, well, which one should I do? Which way should I go? When you pray, and when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you need to meditate on those things. And then you'll begin to feel it. You'll feel a check in your spirit. I don't know. when I, I, Something doesn't feel right. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about making that decision or going that direction, something just doesn't feel right. I feel a check in my spirit. And then you think about the other. But then you think about the one the Lord's wanting you to do, and you feel a total peace about it. You know, for us to just pack up, pack our house up, and just leave. Get a Penske truck, pack up, and go. Didn't even sell our house. Just left. And, and it was like, even though it was doing something, it seemed like crazy. It was like, I don't feel anything. I feel excited. I feel peace. This is, this is our direction. This is our direction. And I'm telling you, I, 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 I make that like a, that's like a, a rule for our life. You'll go out with joy and be led forth by peace. When you're doing what the Lord tells you to do, there's a joy in it. There's a peace in it. I don't feel turmoil and I don't care. It could be a massive thing. It could be a huge thing that the Lord's asking you to do. And it seems like it's way bigger than you. It takes faith to do, but you'll not be scared by it. You'll not be in turmoil about it. You'll have a joy to do it. You'll have a peace as you run in the direction of your purpose. Hallelujah. You'll run in the direction of your purpose with total peace, total joy, because the Lord's leading you to do it. The Lord is leading you to do it. Hallelujah. Now, are there some things that will be uh, hard on your flesh? Yeah, because your flesh doesn't understand. And remember, your flesh is not glorified like it will be one day at the rapture. It's not glorified. Your flesh is still in a carnal, sinful state, which is why Paul said that he had to uh, subdue his flesh on a daily basis. It's not glorified. It's carnal. And your mind has to be renewed. So are there going to be things like, you know, did our minds jump out at us and say like, man, are you sure you're going to do that? And let me tell you, the devil loves to send people that'll be like, are you sure that's the right decision? There's always someone that's going to show up and question your decision. I don't think I'd do that if I was in your shoes. You're not in my shoes. You're not in my shoes. And there's also, there's always somebody, trust me, they operate with the anointing of an armchair quarterback to tell you how to do something they've never even done themselves. I'm going to tell you something. They show up all the time to tell you how to do something they've never done themselves. Why would I care about that opinion? The devil knows how to use people to try to discourage you from doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. I don't know if I'd make that move. I don't care. You're not the Holy Ghost. Sissy said, can you be peaceful in your own ignorance? Is that called something else? I don't necessarily believe you can be peaceful in your own ignorance because you have the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that convicts, he leads, he guides. So if you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing, right? 
he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you. And that's why I said, like what we first read in Psalm 119 and verse 10, with my whole heart I seek you. The only way you can remain in ignorance is by not seeking him. By not seeking him. Because if you're seeking him like you should be as one of his uh, children, you'll get his instructions, you'll get his wisdom, you'll get his leading, you'll get his guidance. And the Holy Spirit speaks. You know him, the Bible says. Yes, Denise, we call those dream killers. And they show up. They show up, man. They show The moment you begin to start to do something, man, they show up. They show up out of nowhere. <laughs> we had somebody, when they, when they uh, first decided to work for our ministry, somebody in their church showed up to them and said, you're making the biggest mistake. It's not going to work out for you. It's a huge mistake. <laughs> you're not going to be blessed. You won't be able to take care of your family. You're making a mistake. <laughs> and it's just straight up foolishness, straight up foolishness. It's like, how do you know? You're like, we don't even see you in church. You're in church like once every seven weeks. You're not some kind of spiritual mentor. You don't even have enough. You don't even have enough spiritual maturity to be faithful to a church attendance, which shows that you're a very, very low place spiritually, very low. You're probably at the infant level, infant level. The people Paul was speaking to in the Corinthian church at an infant level in need of milk. You can't even get your edit, edit, edit self off of the couch on a Sunday morning to get to the house of God, which is a basic Christian discipline. But you got words for people in the parking lot. You don't have anything. Those types of people are fools. They're absolute fools and they're full of pride. They're full of pride. I don't need to go to church and listen to the pastor, but I got prophetic words for people in the parking lot. You're full of pride. And something else I would tell you you're full of if I was not serving the Lord. But that's what happens to people is that they, they, they're just like, and then the, the devil uses those kind of weak-minded immature people to speak words of doubt and unbelief when someone knows they've heard from the Holy Ghost. They know they've heard from the Holy Ghost, but some weak-minded fool is sent by the enemy to discourage you from obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you've got to be very careful. I call them Sanballat and Tobias. Those were the two guys that came to get Nehemiah off of the wall when he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, the Lord spoke to him to do it. And they kept calling out from the ground, come down and talk to us. We were, they, they really had uh, plans to kill him. And he said, I can't come down. I've got a work to do. I can't come down. And um, <clears throat> that's how I feel about people like that is that the devil sends them to kill what God's asked you to do. And that's why if, if, if you listen to anything I say, listen to this. Notice the way that Nehemiah taught those people to do the work of the Lord. What were they equipped with? 
in one hand, a tool. In the other hand, a weapon. If you remember the story. In one hand, a tool. In the other hand, a weapon. I refuse to allow somebody to destroy what the Lord has asked me to do. So I'm working, but I'm ready to defend. I'm working, but I'm ready to defend. I'm working, but I'm ready to defend at any given moment. I'm fighting the good fight of faith, but I'm also working on what God's told me to do. Both at the same time, a tool and a sword, a tool and a sword, because you've got to do it. Let me tell you, the Bible says Abraham, he gave God an offering, a sacrifice, and that sacrifice was laying on the ground. And do you know what the Bible says started to happen? Buzzards came to try to land and eat his dead sacrifice on the ground, something he presented to God. And do you know what the Bible says Abraham did? Abraham went out and started to beat the buzzards off of his sacrifice. He was there defending his sacrifice. That was his offering to God. That was his obedience to God. I am beating every buzzard off, taking every thought captive. I'm not listening to the dream killers. I'm staying with tunnel vision. I've got the blinders on. I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do. I'm beating every buzzard off of my sacrifice and my obedience. That's a principle, my friend. A sword in one hand, a tool in the other. It's what we're doing. I'm fighting the good fight of faith, but I'm also obeying instructions from the Lord. What am I saying? A quick yes. A quick yes, without question. A quick yes. That's what we need to do. And before I pray for you, let me just get this in your spirit one more time. He said, I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Psalm 119 and verse 60. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. I know there's people watching me, especially now. The Lord's been speaking to you to do certain things. You're getting instructions from the Holy Spirit. And you're starting to wonder, is this just me? Is, is this just an idea that I have? Is this really the Lord speaking? The Lord is speaking to his people. Don't forget that this is our year of divine possession. We're taking hold of what God said is ours. We'll do what we've never done. We will go where we've never gone. We will have what we've never had in the mighty name of Jesus. And in order to go where we've never gone, to do what we've never done, and to have what we've never had, we have to obey instructions we've never obeyed. We have to hear something we've never heard. We've got to receive something from the Lord that he's never said before and then run toward it. We'll never have what we've never had and do what we've never done and go where we've never gone by doing the same things we've always done. It's not, it doesn't work like that. There's a deeper level. My wife and I are sowing like we've never sowed this year. We're obeying like we've never obeyed this year. Oh, Lord. We're obeying like we've never obeyed this year. God's giving us instructions. We're stepping out to complete them. You guys don't even know everything. But we're stepping out and doing what the Lord's told us to do. And I'm telling you, I'm going to go where I've never gone. I'm going to do what I've never done. I'm going to have what I've never had. It's my year of divine possession, and it's yours too. 
but it comes by quickly obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for those of you that are listening and watching. Father, we come to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And first of all, we thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit as we celebrated Pentecost Sunday yesterday. We thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he dwells in us, lives in us. We thank you that we know his voice. We thank you that he's guiding us and leading us right now. Now, Lord, we will be sensitive to hear you and to obey you. Give us that fervor. Give us that urgency and hunger like the psalmist to hasten to obey your commands. We will run to obey. We will run to obey in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for anointing us in a new measure. I pray, Lord, that the second half of this year would be far more explosive for every one of these than the first half of the year in Jesus' name. Let the second half of the year blow our minds in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We declare it. It will blow our minds. We thank you for that. We give you praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe that today, throw some fire up, throw some hands up. I'm telling you, this is our year of divine possession. We're getting ready to go where we've never gone. And I can't even wait to get to December 31st and look back. I'm blown away by God's goodness already. I can't wait to see what the second half holds. I really cannot. I really cannot. Let me encourage you on this Monday to sow a seed. If you've not done so yet this month, Take a minute and do what the Lord's asking you to do. Stand with us in partnership. Go to miracleword.com and uh, do what the Lord's telling you to do today. He's having, I'm sure like us, he's having you sow like you've never sown. And I can tell you right now that what God's getting ready to do financially for his children is going to disrupt this antichrist agenda of what the enemy wants to do in the financial arena in this world domination, total control, manipulation. We're on another system, my friend. I refuse to be manipulated by the Antichrist system. And for those of you that are standing with us in the month of June, it's a new month. Welcome to June, by the way. We want to give you a gift to say thank you. Number one, we want to send you Dr. Leroy Thompson's uh, very popular book, Money Cometh to the Body of Christ. Dr. Thompson, God used him uh, very early on in my ministry to uh, give me an understanding of some things that I had no understanding of. I remember when he first came to our church in Virginia, and it was so powerful. It was one of the first times that I'd ever sown a $1,000 seed. God really blessed me and gave me an understanding. This is our uh, uh, gift to you for those sowing $85 or more this month. And for those that are sowing $250 or more, we're going to include T.L. Osborne's book, The Message That Works. This is the message that he preached around the world in over a hundred nations of the world that worked every time. Powerful, powerful manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you never saw anything about his crusades, masses of people with wheelchairs being passed over the crowd and crutches and braces and people's blind eyes coming open, people being saved by the millions. Powerful. That's our seed to you for your spirit when you're sowing $250 or more for this month. And then of course, people that are sowing $1,000 or more, we're gonna include with those two, the Net Study Bible, uh, which by the way, we are using 
in Bible study made simple. Thank you, Britt, for sowing a seed. Um, in Bible study made simple, by the way, for those of you that are a part of it, today begins our book of the Bible study of Galatians, which is going to be a deep dive, an extremely deep dive into the book of Galatians. I am so excited about this. This has been an amazing course. We have well over 300 students participating in Bible study made simple. Listen, if you want to jump in on this, uh, we're reopening the course for Bible study made simple in the fall. And so I believe it's going to be in the month of October. You can get on this waiting list right now to be in on this Bible study made simple fall uh, semester. Go to bible.miracleword.com. Bible.miracleword.com and get on the waiting list because I'm telling you, it's going to be open for a very short time, like 10 days. And we want you to jump in and be a part of it. Uh, We've got people already saying how much, even though they grew up in church, how much they've learned already just from being a part of Bible study made simple. We're taking you through the methods of how we study the Bible. People have said, how do you study it? What do you do to get different things out of the word of God? How do you do your devotions? How do you do your studies? Well, instead of answering those questions one by one, we created an entire course within Miracle Word University. We would love to have you for the fall semester. Fall semester. I think we've got probably, oh, do we have like over 50 people on the wait list already? There's like over 50 people already signed up to be on the wait list for the fall semester, and we'd love to have you as well. So if you want to check out more about it, go to bible.miracleword.com. And then again, don't forget, if, you, if you're late, we got the brand new Miracle Word Kids Bible Study. It's a one-year Bible study. Look at that. 220-some pages, full color. Give me that close shot. Let me see that close shot. Look at how gorgeous that is. Beautiful, full color, interactive. Amazing. This thing is gorgeous. Gorgeous. And uh, this is a one-year Bible study for the kids. Strong, smart, set apart. Carolyn did an amazing job with this. If you want to go check it out, go to shop.miracleword.com. And pre-orders are available right now. You can get it. We've got even bulk discounts. Uh, I'm getting messages while I'm here um, that people are, bulk orders are coming in. People are doing uh, a 10 10 copy bulk order, a 12 copy bulk order. Bulk orders are already coming in. We've discounted the bulk orders as well. And so all you got to do is go to shop.miracleword.com. Click on that book. Check it out. Uh, You'll love it. The kids will love it. And um, we'll get it to you as soon as possible. It's finished and it's getting ready to ship. So uh, grab it while it's coming. And then also, for people watching around the world or listening from around the world, uh, once we're out of pre-order and uh, that it's fully available, it'll be available worldwide. And uh, you'll want to get your copy as well. I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me today. Thank you for sowing your seeds. Thank you for partnering with us. Carolyn and I love you very, very much. And uh, we will see you again in the morning, 10.30 a.m. Have a great one. See you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.